0: This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch Podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sportpens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast and Happy New Year, Happy 2021. We have another informative show for you. However, before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others to let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents here on the WVSA digital network. On the program, we welcome her back, Stephanie May, registered dietitian and owner of SM Nutrition. Happy New Year, Stephanie. Welcome to the show.
1: Happy New Year, and thank you so much for having me back. I feel like every time along, we tackle some really interesting uh, topics that I think will help a ton of athletes.
0: And I think we're going to tackle a wonderful topic today. Uh, Obviously, we've been in sort of a a slow pattern, maybe a holding pattern, if you want to say, in regards to athletes over the holiday season, taking time to kind of unwind a little bit, spend time with family, spend time with friends. And of course, that comes with holiday eating as well. And we want to talk a little bit about nutrition and how athletes can kind of get back on track to uh, as we start into the new year and start. Into another season, you know. One thing, Stephanie, that I like about you is the fact that you are a, at least in my opinion, is a non-restrictive registered dietitian. You're not coming out and yelling at us about, you know, sometimes when we go off track just a little bit, especially during the holidays. You know, there's certain things that we like to eat during the holidays. I know. my mother-in-law, she makes peanut butter balls. I love them. I only get them during the Christmas season. So when they're around, I enjoy them. Uh, my wife makes me some cookies for the holiday season, those peanut butter blossoms. I you know, I have her make a few. I don't have her make a lot. And I tell her to make it early because I want to enjoy them over the holiday. So I have a couple of cookies a day and over a number of <laughs> days. And um, you know, that's the one thing that I really like about you and your philosophy uh, when it comes to that type of thing so let's get into uh, getting back on track what can a youth athlete do to kind of get back on track with their eating habits from over the holidays
1: yeah so I think what you said hits the nail on the head you know I think the first thing we need to do is normalizing eating and enjoying food you know so many athletes they want to be so on point all the time and, and I think that's fantastic but we miss that other part of food You know, food is fuel. Obviously, it helps us perform, um, develop, recover, all of that good stuff. But it's also social and emotional and fun. And a lot of times we cut out those three categories. So I think the first thing is don't give yourself too much grief over having fun over the holidays. You know, like you said, it's a a short time during the year. You enjoyed it. You had some special memories, um, you know, with certain cookies and treats. So I think that's the big thing is, you know, first, Take away that grief. Take away that harp that you're giving yourself that you ate so bad and this and that. You didn't eat bad. You enjoyed cookies from your mother-in-law and this from your wife and you spent time with family. And so I think with athletes, you know, I've had this conversation with mostly athletes in my feeling performance program, either right before the holidays or kind of, you know, the end of last week, really this week, kind of, you know, just talking about that emotional part of feeling and how the first thing you want to do is reflect on how you ate, and if you think it was quote unquote bad, well, what's that positive spin on it? You know, did you get to spend more time with family and friends? So that's typically the first thing I recommend when trying to revamp uh, your 2021 fueling goals.
0: You know, athletes, obviously, you're gonna start making some um, some decisions here over the next couple of weeks on how to get back on track. And some of them are gonna be making some changes to their eating habits in 2021. Um, Obviously, I I mean, I understand that everyone is different and everyone has different nutritional needs and uh, uh, nutritional requirements. But I guess overall, what would you recommend to those athletes um, if they're looking to make some changes in their eating habits in the new year?
1: Sure. So the first thing is, is be consistent. If you follow me on social media or my clients will tell you um, that's my favorite kind of phrase is just be consistent in everything you do. So, Don't skip meals. You know, have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks around fueling, and when you need them. You know, don't skip meals to help you get back on track and and lower your energy intake. Especially as a growing, developing, training athlete, your body needs fuel. Uh, You want to make sure that you're you're giving it everything it it needs to get back on track. Now that you maybe practices are revamping, you don't want to restrict and cut yourself off there. So definitely the first thing is to be consistent with that fueling. The second thing is when you're setting New Year's intentions, you know, try not to make them weight focused. You know, I have some athletes who, you know, even before the holidays have been trying to lose weight. We never focus on weight. We focus on performance goals because you can see those much more readily. And, for example, I have one athlete, um, she's a softball player. She's going to go play, uh, you know, in, in college. She's already been signed. And all that But her goal over the next couple weeks and months is to focus on her strength. While also, yes, she wants to lose a little weight, her goal is strength. And with that, she's seen the most progress. Um, you know, she has gained a ton of muscle while also managing her body composition. So I think the first thing is not to focus on that number on the scale, but focus on performance and health outcomes first. So be consistent and set goals outside of which are my big recommendation.
0: I know a lot of youth athletes have issues getting vegetables into their diet. Um, I know I do. I've had to kind of reassess how vegetables, because you get sort of set in certain ways and certain thinkings and certain traditions that, you know, what what vegetables do you eat at breakfast? You know, vegetables at breakfast doesn't seem normal. Um, I got into the habit of having homemade salsa with eggs just to get in some additional vegetables that way, and you know, really reimagining, I guess, the way I think about vegetables. Do you have some tips for our athletes on how to get more vegetables into their diet?
1: Yeah, I think exactly what you're doing is is what I recommend to my athletes. You know, I, I definitely see one of the top challenges. Um, with the athletes in my program is, you know, they don't eat this, they don't have to eat that, they, they eat this, but only certain ways. And it's that picky eater, you know, kind of syndrome where, um, you know, we work on and we talk about adding vegetables in slowly to their fueling plan. So I would never want to stress or overwhelm an athlete. So the first thing I always recommend is pick one vegetable and work on it one week at a time, or maybe after maybe 10 to 14 days, just slowly incorporating that one thing. And once you get comfortable with that, then adding another. So for example, for you, adding the salsa with with, um, your eggs in the morning, fantastic option. And thinking outside the box is really the key. You want to make food fun. You don't want to be forced to eat your broccoli, right? It's kind of miserable. No one's, no one's happy when they're forced to do things. So think outside the box and Maybe it starts by adding just a handful of, you know, I love my smoothies, so a handful of spinach to smoothies. Uh, Maybe you have veggies, but you have a fun dip with it, whether it be a hummus or a ranch dip or something like that. I think that it encourages you to eat more vegetables and then think about the difference between cooked and raw and steamed and roasted and baked. You know, I have some athletes who can't. And raw carrots, but they love when they're roasted because they become more sweet, more tender, that sort of thing. So just thinking outside the box and slowly incorporating new vegetables and not feeling you have to jump straight into the veggie pond, right? Just very, very slowly with things you like and then build up from there.
0: You bring up a real great point, uh, something too, that I know that you're famous for, your smoothies, uh, incorporating (laughs) vegetables into that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, smoothie information that you provide out on your social media channels. Um, I encourage people to go look at that kind of stuff and how you can sort of sneak vegetables in there, um, some tips on how to get rid of the green. uh, If you're adding spinach into a smoothie, I mean, just some wonderful ideas that you've provided uh, over the last year in regards to that kind of stuff. Um, One thing I think that goes overlooked as far as nutrition for youth athletes, and I really believe it's important, especially during the winter months, is hydration. Talk to us about hydration, especially during the winter months. Yeah, I mean, this is a big
1: one. You know, I, I sense that a lot of athletes have really struggled with just hydration in general and, and you know, water could be boring and this and that, but it's so important for performance. It really helps, you know, your blood is mostly water, right? And it helps carry nutrients around your body and move things around, helps you recover and fuel. So water is so important, but it's, it's hard to drink cold water during cold months. So I always, again, thinking outside the box, how can we Add some routine, but also add some variety within your hydration plan. So, you know, talking about variety, think about things like tea, unsweetened coffee or just slightly sweetened coffee, um, soups, and then fruits and veggies. They're all fantastic sources of water that you can eat. Um, so that kind of makes it a little bit more fun. The other thing is, when it comes to your water bottle, you want to make it first and foremost present in your in your day, right? So when you're on your computer Um, When you're in class, you know, virtual class, keep it right next to your computer. And I typically recommend that every time your teacher changes the slide or changes topics, or some teachers, I know mine have in the past, every time they say a specific word, they have a word that they say really often take a drink of water. Um, Just a sip here, a sip there will add up to a lot more than you think. So I think, you know, making fueling, excuse me, hydrating fun by keeping that water bottle close is really important. Um, If you don't have a water bottle with a straw, I highly recommend either buying one with a straw or popping a straw into your water bottle because, you know, it's such a little thing, but it makes drinking so much easier. You don't have to take the top off. It's just right there. You take a sip and you'll drink a lot more water.
0: One thing that I do to get more water in especially during the winter months is and and you brought up the point of drinking cold water during the winter months. I actually drink room temperature water. And that seems to allow me to consume more water.
1: Exactly. Yep. That's another great point.
0: You know, we've we've talked about this before Stephanie and I think it deserves more discussion. Uh, for those folks that may not necessarily think a lot about nutrition in their youth athletes' lives. And, um, you know, there's, there's what's called a registered dietitian. And then there's a thing out there, unfortunately, called nutritionists. Um, I know that I posted something on our social media platforms about the differences between those two. And, um, you know, it, they're not the same. Talk to us about that.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. And I love that you added this question in. Dietitians and nutritionists are not the same. And a lot of times, you know, I will be called a nutritionist and, you know, I'm registered dietitians. We're never offended or upset when you call us a nutritionist. It's a lot easier. Dietitian sometimes is a really big and complicated word, but there is a difference um, in our education, in the way we are trained um, that makes registered dietitians just a step above nutritionist. Um, and it really comes down to the hours and hours and hours we put into really working on research-based information. So as a dietitian, you know, we have to complete an undergraduate degree, followed up by a 1,200-plus-hour clinical internship, which is very similar um, to a medical residency where we're going between hospitals, long-term care, um, schools, and really learning and developing our clinical skills to be able to help um you know whatever client population we decide to work with um and then as a, in the next few years it'll be mandatory that we all have masters most of us have masters degrees now or you know kind of coming through because it will be mandatory i believe as of 2024 and then after that we have to pass a nationally recognized exam from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which is our governing body. Um, and then from there on out, we have to complete continuing education. So every um, few years submitting hours that we are continuously working on our education, focusing on research-based information. And that's really the key difference between a lot of nutritionists and dietitians where diet- registered dietitians have all of this education and background nutritionists don't necessarily have that. I mean, to be a a nutritionist, you can simply take an online course, whether it be a two-hour course, a two-week course, you know, something very short and quick, and then call yourself a nutritionist. And sometimes you don't even need that course. You can just post up a sign and say, hey, I'm a nutritionist because, you know, I tried this diet and it worked for me, so it's going to work for everyone else. You know, and that's the big flaw with nutritionists is that, You know, one size fits all things just don't work. And a lot of times they can cause a lot more harm than good. So, you know, whatever I'm educating, whether it be athletes, parents, coaches, things like that, I always recommend find a registered dietitian. And especially if it's going to be working with an athlete or a group um, who is very um, high performing, kind of burning a lot of energy, make sure you try to find a um, board certified sports dietitian that has that CSSD after their RD credential.
0: Now going with down this road uh, with nutritionists, um, if you look on social media, there is a lot of garbage out there. I mean, just a lot of garbage. and it's unfortunate, but it's it's the nature of the beast sometimes. You got to take the good stuff with the bad stuff. Um, what can parents do? What can players do, athletes, in navigating and understanding what the good stuff is? compared to the bad stuff out there on social media when it comes to nutrition?
1: Yeah. I mean, so the, the bottom line is everyone eats. So everyone has an opinion on how to eat, what works, what works best for them, what helps them reach their goals. And a lot of times well, every time everyone is so different. You know, some, some person might have this chronic disease or this genetic background or this lifestyle that makes them different and makes that, diet or, you know, plan different for each individual. And so I think just looking for red flags is really, really essential uh, for athletes, parents, coaches, you know, and also listening to the way your athletes speak as a parent. You know, if they're saying, hey, I saw this, or hey, I looked at that, you know, don't just shut them down, ask them why and teach them to look for these specific red flags. So the first one is avoiding those one-size-fits-all plan. Every single person is different. You can have identical twins who have the same genetic background, but they might have different fueling goals or different eating patterns. So making sure that you have a unique plan that is tailored to you is what's most important. And and this is key because this doesn't include customizing macros, right? That's completely different. Yes, they're custom macros, but the plan doesn't adapt to you. Um, The second thing is if this specific diet cuts out an entire food group, run. Um, so if you're cutting out all carbs, all this, all sugars, all that, you put yourself at risk for underfueling. And people who follow me on social media know that that is something that is my mission to help athletes prevent and stop underfueling. Um, you know, when you cut out entire food groups um, for reasons that aren't backed by research or aren't backed, you know, for ex- a prime example would be gluten, right? If you don't have celiac disease or a, a significant gluten intolerance, Cutting out gluten for someone who can process and digest gluten doesn't give you any health benefits and instead cuts out a huge group of carbohydrate-based foods that can help fuel you as an athlete. So just being really conscious of those diets that cut out um, a whole bunch of things. The third is if you are promised a fast result, nothing worth having comes quickly. You always have to work for things, right? So, you know, if they say in two weeks you will drop this amount of weight or have this amount of inches off or you'll have this much more energy, no. No, 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 no. Um, You know, just make sure that whatever you're doing is Slow, as an athlete especially, you never want to make dramatic changes to your diet. Um, You know, whether you're, you know, I work with athletes, we start from where they are. And over the time of my program, we make slow changes week after week after week that help them reach their goals successfully and healthfully. And the last one is avoiding any crazy supplements. Absolutely no. is a big, big no. Um, supplements, you know, whether it be calcium, vitamin D, what have you, are not regulated by the government. So you want to make sure that when you're buying things offline, they are safe and then they are regulated. So you want to look for things that are approved by NSF or have the third party authorization that is checking that supplement to make sure that one, it is safe for consumption, and two, that it doesn't have any toxic or banned supplements in it. Unfortunately, I have seen and read so many papers and seen things online that supplements that, you know, years later we find out have toxins or things that cause different things or cause troubling reactions within people's bodies. So my best advice is you know, if you're trying to create a fueling plan that works for you or your athlete or if you're a parent who is concerned about your athlete fueling or underfueling, reach out to a sports dietitian. Find someone who is experienced in adapting fueling plans to help that individual athlete.
0: Stephanie, I want to dive a little bit more into that supplement um, uh, thought, um, especially with collegiate athletes. Um, my daughter's a D two soccer player, and I've told her about make. She is responsible for everything that she puts in her body, and she is will be judged by, you know, a test of some sort if she gets tested because of the NCAA or whatever. But I mean, sometimes you don't know what's in these uh, supplements, and taking that supplement and then having to take some sort of drug test. Um, could jeopardize your eligibility. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: It can. So, you know, supplements are typically not regulated by the FDA, like food would be by the USDA and things like that. So anything could be in supplements, and especially at the collegiate level, you know, these athletes are being tested rigorously for things that uh, contain banned substances. And so there's two big um, third-party testing companies that really look at what is being put into supplements specifically for athletes and making sure that they're not containing any of the big NCAA banned substances so the big one the, the first one is NSF, nsf which is certified for sport and they really dig deep and so they'll look at products in the manufacturing they'll go to different stores and pull them off the shelves and they'll test them and make sure that they don't contain any of those um, banned or harmful substances The next one is um, informed choice for sports. So, again, they do a very similar thing. They look and they see and make sure that none of those um, substances are in those products. And now, even though um, supplements may be verified by NSF um, or informed Sport, they may not be right for that athlete. You know, just because your um, your teammate took a specific supplement and it helped their, you know, this or that does not mean that it's right for you. Every athlete, I always encourage them to look at food first. Let's look at balancing out your fueling plan. Let's fill the gaps with different meals and snacks and different specific foods. And then from there, if we're still really struggling or we still feel like there's a hole or a gap, then we can look at safe supplementation um, that, again, that dose is specific to every athlete.
0: And if any collegiate athlete has any questions about supplements and things along that lines, um, I'm sure you would recommend to talk to the registered dietitian at their school. Um, you know, they have uh, they have uh, folks that are I mean, you know, you've got a strength and conditioning coach, you've got a registered dietitian, you've got all these people there that are to help you become a better athlete. Talk to them about it. They I mean, they will you know, they can check and make sure that, you know, something's fine for you. And, you know, they may recommend it for you, or maybe they don't and say something, you know, you may want to stay away from something along that lines, but, you know, use all the resources that you can in making informed decisions about your nutritional needs. Now, Stephanie, as we uh, wrap things up here, um, if you could just give our athletes just one piece of advice as they head into the new year about their nutrition, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: I go back to my uh, tried and true—you know, be consistent with with how you fuel. So, if you're looking at where to start, start by just fueling every three to four hours, following that moderate training plate, and then focusing on your hydration. You know, those three small changes. Add up to big things, and it will really impact the way you feel, your energy level, and ultimately how you play.
0: Now, if somebody wants to uh, find you online on your social media or website, uh, where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at fueling.highschool.athlete. Um, But you can also just check out my website, smnutritionrd.com, where I have a lot of great information about um, fueling athletes, a little bit more about myself, and more information about the fueling performance um, program that I offer athletes.
0: And we follow her, and uh, she provides a lot of valuable uh, content, lots of good information, and also the occasional picture of her (laughs) (laughs) doggy.
1: Yes, Callie does make it on there. She is such a ham, but she'll she'll bust into uh, some client appointments when I'm working from home. She'll kind of crack the door open, and the athletes love that. So so
0: it's fun. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on our program and talking about nutrition as we head into the new year. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me again. Again, happy new year.
0: Happy New Year to you too as well. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch Podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.